our mission here at Edgeworks is to provide a new way for people and machines to interact. And that, that goes both ways. That's human-machine and also machine-human interaction so that we can actually work together. Instead of, instead of seeing computers as a hammer that's just you know a tool sitting there on the bench, we can see computers as allies that we, that we interact with and work with to solve common problems and to, and to work towards our goals. Welcome to 20-Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. 20-Minute Leaders is a proud supporter of Make-A-Wish Israel and Tech2Peace and is in proud collaboration with Secret Chord Ventures, J-Ventures, Riverside FM, Fusion VC, Birthright Excel, J-Impact, Leap, Google for Startups, and Hippo, and in media partnership with C-Tech. I'm so happy to have you here, Elliot. Uh, you know, over the last few weeks, we've become friends. We're starting a partnership together. You know, there are so many different things that are happening. And, and I just love what you do. And so I ask you to come here and to spend this time with me sharing what EduWorks is about, what you're about, the, the way that you're thinking through, you know, the future of, of AI and the human-computer interactions and the different questions mm-hmm. we're asking is really, really interesting. And, uh, and I'm fascinated to hear your perspectives in these 20 short minutes. So thank you again. Tell me a little bit about who you are and where you come from. How did you get into this space? Yeah, absolutely. So my background's actually in, in educational technology. I started at the New York City Department of Education. Um, when, I, when I was there in the early 2000s, we were using some pretty antiquated um, systems at the time. So I ended up doing some some coding uh built a built some new information systems for the translation interpretation unit and got really interested in the uh the data that we were collecting we were you know we were out there every single day going to different schools helping support non-english language speaking parents helping them understand the services that were offered to them by the city by their schools etc so we started to really under gather data about where different where different communities actually lived where people went to school, how they, how they lived their lives. Um, and that led to sort of an, an application of some of my longtime, longtime background in sort of math, physics, these, these sorts of things into, into the social space. And I also have a background in um, linguistic anthropology and sociology. So sort of all of that came together and uh, formed, formed sort of this perfect storm. I ended up going and joining a, a fairly small company at the time called Wireless Generation. We grew to become one of the biggest ed tech companies in in the US and um yeah that that the, you know, the rest is history there amplify is still around as they're called now the awesome company um have a lot of friends there but i left um many years ago now to come here to edgeworks um and to start growing something sort of, of of my own so to speak so you know edgeworks itself is an old company founded in 2001 but really was very very small i joined around nine years ago yep. and we just started growing and growing and um today we're you know today we're much much larger we've been growing about 25 percent year over year and you can do the you can do the math on that if you if you'd like when you start with small numbers exponents don't grow quite as fast um but our our area really is focused on human performance and what it means 
to understand who people are, what they do, and the application of advanced technologies in that space. That's incredible. So one of the things that we we discussed, and and I want to get right into it. You know, everybody today is doing is talking about generative AI. This is you know yeah. the 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 hot uh, kid on the block. Uh, and one of the things that that as I got to know you over the last few weeks is some of the remarkable work you've been doing. You know, well before you know this has become a central a central hype. And I think this is probably most amazing. You know. Um, part of identifying, you know, a founder and and somebody who's who's thinking long term. Tell me a little bit about, you know, how you got into this space and what were your thoughts even a few years ago? Yeah, absolutely. So we've been interested in natural language processing for a long time. There's there, there's a claim that's made in sort of the anthro- the linguistics world, um, the linguistic anthropology world in particular, and that's that language is the medium of communication. So most human interaction happens through language. Not all of it. There are plenty of other things that we do. But when we are trying to pass on information, learning in in particular, so we're trying to improve ourselves or describe ourselves, we typically use language to do that. And as and as a result, we've been really interested in language going going way back. So we we started off working in tech things like LDA, um, you know, latent display allocation and continuous skip grams. These are old, old techniques, latent semantic analysis. But about five or six years ago, you know, Google had this, had this paper, attention is all you need. And we saw the potential in it to actually encode human language in a way that was a lot richer and deeper than you could do with things like semantic analysis or LD or any of the other techniques that we use. So we jumped on that bandwagon right away. Um, we we built, we took BERT um, early models like BERT and Elmo, worked with them, rebuilt versions of them, retrained versions of them ourselves, built wow. all, built our own pipelines, did all that stuff. And we've actually used them to support projects over the last five years, ranging from the National Science Foundation, U.S. Department of Defense, U.S. Navy, Air Force, all of, all of this stuff. Um, now, obviously, in the last 18 months or so, the power of these models has really gone up a notch um, because what I, I would say nobody really expected, honestly, was that by increasing the size, you would you'd increase the output of these models as so dramatically. We knew that bigger models would be better, but nobody really foresaw the depth of connection that would be encoded in these models as they went from, you know, 30 million parameters to 300 million to 3 billion to 30 billion. 300 billion. Now there are rumors of trillion um, parameter models. I will say at this point, it's getting a little silly. Um, we've, <laughs> we've reached, we, no, it is. Um, the, the way that language models themselves work, they're really inefficient at encoding the data. So we're getting much better at actually building them. So their size, the actual peak size is probably starting to decrease rather than increase finally. Yeah. But yeah, it's been, it's been a wild ride. But Elliot, what, you know, you mentioned Bert, Elmo, attention. You know, that all feels like ancient history at this yeah. point. Yet you, you know, it really does. I mean, you just said those words, and I was like, wow. Yes, this was this was the topic of conversation back then. Walk me, you know, take me back to those days when you're this- you're you're there with your team, and you realize that a shift is happening. Something is happening in the way that we are experiencing language. And you decided to 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 double down on that as a, as a research company, yeah. but, but actually creating solutions that meet 
criteria of defense organizations and, you know, really interesting yeah, so we're, so, customers. So yeah, we're kind of a weird company. I will say we, we started off as a research organization, you're right, but our strength has always been applying that research to real problems. Right. We build business solutions um, for big, complicated organizations. Part of that, honestly, is because the U.S. Department of Defense is one of the largest funders of foundational training research. They they do. They're one of the biggest training organizations in the world. They are willing to put their money where their mouth is, and they really care a lot about understanding the best ways to learn and the best ways to train. Um, so that you know, there's a sort of a natural a natural fit there. But yeah, we we started working with language models because the techniques that we'd had before were mechanistic and unsatisfying, quite honestly. They were, you know, they grew out of a statistical per- perspective on the world. Um, so LSA, in which you're in which you're doing various statistical predictions of your know, next words, you know, even even continuous skip grams, bag of words approaches, these all these all came from a language as a tool view in which in which language it wasn't highlighting the human element within language, which is what had always interested us. When you're talking about human performance, everything you do is grounded in trying to understand who people are, what they care about, why they're acting in certain ways, and then based on that, what they're what they might be able to do in the future, what they might want to learn, how they might progress a career, all sorts of questions come out of it. The techniques that we had were able to do things like look at a look at a look at a course, look at training materials, and try to understand what's in it, but they did a, they did a, so a, a fairly poor job. The language models came at this, came at the, the philosophy of language from a completely different perspective. They really, I mean, in some ways it's depressing that it works so well because they really just said, we have a lot of text. Let's just pour a lot of text through. You can think of it as like a, this is, this is sort of how I, how I conceptualize this stuff. It's sort of silly. Um, are you familiar with pachinko machines where you, you put a coin in at the top and it sort of bounces around? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in some ways, that's what language models do. You pour in large chunks of text and you have layers and layer, fully connected layers of models and it just sort of bounces around. And what you get out of it, though, is a model that you can't interpret. It's got all of these dimensions, all of these connections, but it's but what it's done is it's encoded the actual way that we use language not just statistical relationships right not nothing mechanistic around the structure of language per se sure we include we include part of speech tokens when we when we in you know put stuff into these into these models but the the core idea here is that human language is flexible it's multifaceted individual words have many meanings many contexts senses and and, and different dialect ways of applying them and using them and we should stop being stubborn and thinking that there's some meta structure that exists. There, there are structures, but they are very soft in language. Every rule can be broken. The way we speak is not the same as the way we write. There, there's just there's all of this. There's all of this that goes on around it. And language models have a softness about them that allows them to encode that. Um, and and to jump forward to today, where we are, a lot of our a lot of our philosophy at EdgeWorks still comes from this understanding of how the models themselves work. OpenAI and and ChatGPT, GPT-4, these sorts of things are all the rage. They're very popular, but they're applying language models as as what we call generative models. They use them to generate, in this case, text, their image models, their audio models, all this. But but the goal is to generate something that sounds or looks human. 
Um, and that's great. But from our perspective, that under leverages the deeper sort of nuance that these models have. And so we actually don't use these models particularly frequently for generation. We will at the end of at the end of a stack, but we have but our techniques tend to involve layering lots of models together and using them to to actually act as as world interpretive layers. So to to go back to that sort of linguistic anthropology thing where we communicate through language, that's how humans encode experience. There's no reason that we can't do this, you know, that we can't use do that at a at a machine level as well, using language models to understand human encoded experience. So that that's sort of a, a bit of the philosophy behind how we how we think about this. Incredible. So so take me take me to today and what what is Edworks today and what 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 are you doing? I mean, you're we're now at this you know inflection point for the world, and and I think that what you're doing is also very special towards the next few years. So let let, let me know you know what, yes. what are your thoughts here. Yes, yeah, so we're at a big transition point, to be completely honest. For the last five or six years, we've worked really hard on building a machine linkage layer that links raw data streams to frameworks that describe people, doing skills frameworks, job frameworks, learning objectives, all of these things that that people use um, around your know, resumes, all all of this, all of this sort of human structure. And we've done this using what was the best technology available. And we would use language models to help us do that linkage, to help us link the data sources to these frameworks. With the larger models that we have available now, we've had some recent breakthroughs that that really lean on the stuff I was just talking about and allow us to, in some sense, sideline the models. We don't have to put those models in the forefront. Instead, we can use those as inputs into a, into a, into a language model. So we can use those frameworks as inputs and instead say, hey, Talk about yourself, be whoever you want to be, interact with this, interact with this device, this language model, and we can and we we still have the technology that allows us to then hook that model into hard data source in the back end and create a direct linkage. And that's all very high level. So let me give you just a little quick, you know, Please. concrete example of like Please. of what that means. Um I've been using this example a bit because this is this is, this really happened to me many years ago. My my boss asked me to do a little bit of analysis of the schools that we were working in in the K twelve space. Can you look at the at the inner city schools and see how they're performing, how students are learning compared to others other schools, other schools? I said sure. Now our database didn't have inner city schools. That's a, that's a human concept. That's not necessarily a database structure. Sure. So that took me a long time as an analyst. I had to go sit down, come up with a criteria. What is inner city? Go yeah. school by school build tables, build database structures. And quite frankly, that sucks. That's <laughs> a place where, as people, we have to translate our world into really, really rigid data structures. With the breakthrough that we've had at Edgeworks, what we're able to do is, is say, we don't have to do that anymore. Um, we're able to use language models layered together with, with a set of other techniques to allow you to interact w- using human language directly with underlying data. So you can say, hey, here's a question about inner city schools. Language models know what inner city schools are. This is something that's very well understood in human speech. Now, the understanding a language model has might not be exactly what I want. I might have to tweak things at the end, but I'm able to just communicate. I can actually just go to go to the system that we're that we're setting up. This is using our enlightened series of models. And I, I, so I can go to enlighten. I can say, hey, pull 
pulled out of the looks pulled out of the looks like what would our company look like if all of our contracts in the pipeline came through but a couple of things a couple of things fell through and i can be i can be that soft about it i don't i no longer have to translate what i want to know into a specific data structure and then give that to the machine i can let my devices actually handle that translation which is it, it's so, it's so transformative it's hard to yeah. describe because it's just it takes so much mental load off i don't have to try to think like a machine anymore i can do my job as a human being and imagine the world and interact with the world around me which is something that people have always been really good at but over the last 30 years or so with the explosion in computing power we've kind of started teaching ourselves not to do that we've started teaching ourselves to think in google search terms you know oh i want to find a good restaurant near me how do i do that how do i translate what i want into a search query that will get me what i want that's a ton of time effort and labor that we shouldn't have to spend we should be able to ask our conflicted imprecise messy questions we should be able to do that and yeah. let you know and let our devices try to help us interpret them let them become partners in in working that out and we really can't do that now so that's that's really the that's the cutting edge of what we're focused on today at edgeworks and incredible you know one of the last things that we we got to talk about you and i was you know this uh, the really this perception that you know we're looking at what's happening today. We're looking at language and the mode, the human computer interaction between us and this, you know, the sort of this, uh, this, uh, this entity that is able to partner with us. And one of the big, big transformations that are happening is that, you know, we're not going to be limited to the ways in which the modality in which we communicate, it's going to be, uh, there's going to be a variety of ways and it'll just be a part of our life. And I think that, you know, it sounds to me that you're very excited about this future that we're going into. I'm super excited. Although, you know, Michael, you've asked a lot about address. I will say I'm also super excited about the stuff that you guys are working on because <laughs> it's, it's so important for all of this. You know, I'm, I'm being a just a tad bit disingenuous. I'm presenting all the positives. I'm, this is what excites me. This is what we're working on. Right. But there are bad actors out there. Um, and there, and, and there are organizations and individuals who are excited about the, ability to rapidly create misleading and you know misinformation so we're, we're moving into uncharted territories you know our mission here at edgeworks is to provide a new way for people and machines to interact and that, that goes both ways that's human machine and also machine human interaction so that we can actually work together instead of instead of seeing computers as a hammer that's just you know a tool sitting there on the bench we can see computers as allies that we that we interact with and work with to solve common problems and to and to work towards our goals. Um, but I'm also so grateful for organizations like yours that are helping make sure that this is done in a positive and benign way. I, I love that. And and the the beautiful thing is that we get to work together on yep. also solving the 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 problematic parts so that we can all enjoy uh, the amazing parts. And and you've been doing amazing work on that front. Uh, albeit quietly, but but really with with a lot of effort and a lot of intelligence, and so I'm I'm very excited for for what's to come between the two of us, and and yeah. uh, and I really want to thank you for this time and for coming on. I think that this conversation needs to be revisited, uh, you know, uh, in a few years, <laughs> sure. and, and we'll look back and we'll say, wow, you know, this was uh, 
you know, what a time we, we lived in. Just like now you're talking about Bert and Elmo, and I'm like, wow, what a time that was. <laughs> that was. No, it, that, it's, it's true. And, and, I'm, and we're looking forward to it as well. And I'm personally looking forward to it. So thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.